Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel of Ancheyam at Synagogue in Chicago talks with author Jonathan Eig about this week's Torah portion of Akre Mot, parenting, child sacrifice, and honoring the name of God. So how involved were your parents in your life growing up? <laughs> well, they were pretty involved. I mean, my parents were both home, uh, unlike most uh, people in my generation. My dad worked out of the basement, had a little accounting business, and um, I saw that both my parents pretty much like, you know, all day, every day. Uh, and uh, that was unusual. You know, my parents were at all of my Little League games and all of my school concerts and um, everything else. But looking back on it, I realized that like they were still not even remotely as involved as um, we are today in our children's lives. They never checked my homework. They never knew when I had a test or a big final exam. They didn't help me prepare my college essay or any of that stuff. You know, I was on my own and, and they also didn't know where I was most days after school. Um, certainly without a cell phone, they couldn't track me. I mean, now, now we can track every step our kids take, right? So at the time I felt like my parents were very engaged, but now I realize that they were pretty chill. They were pretty hands off compared to, um, compared to the modern, uh, age and, and my own parenting, I'm afraid. That's so interesting. I think that if, if somebody would have asked your parents when you were, let's say, nine or 10 years old, are you involved parents? Are you engaged? I'm quite sure they would have said, yes, right? We're home. Absolutely, right? right? But by today's standards, if a kid came into your house, you know, maybe one of your, one of your children's friends, and they said, well, you know, what colleges are you applying to? Says, well, I wrote these essays. And if you said, well, did your parents look at this? No, uh-uh. they, they don't seem to be all that interested or they, they're kind of leaving it up to me. I think that you would probably say, well, wait, wait, they didn't look at it. I think you would think that was unusual. Yeah, there's no question about it, that the, the same level of um, scrutiny that we received from our parents today would be considered, you know, like really bad parenting or uh, perhaps even, um, you know, injurious. Right. 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 It's, it's actionable. Right. Yeah. Child Protective Services might come out because you didn't help your kid decide which colleges to apply to. But that was the norm. My, my, my parents were, by today's standards, kind of criminally negligent. Right. right. But I, I bring all this up because there's a, a very interesting passage in our Torah reading for this week, Mot. And it's a subject that we don't talk about very often and with good reason. It says that the Israelites are warned not to offer their children as sacrifices, literally child sacrifice. And it's noted that this is profaning the name of God. So let's just take a pause here and say, why would anybody be thinking that this would be a good idea? Yeah, right. You've got to be reminded not to sacrifice your children. That seems... Well, actually, they had to be. They, it wasn't reminded. They were being commanded, and the fact that they they use this profanation of the name of God that is a very very dangerous thing to have happen because God responds to things like that. Mm. And so, it, not only will you have the opposite effect, but you're putting everyone else in danger by doing it. So, this is a very strong strong prohibition, you know, yeah. for, for for the Torah. But the inference is that there there might have been a temptation to sacrifice your child. Well, I would I would take it one step further. I would say that it was the norm, you know, in the in the around the world. Let's just take a step back and say, well, what what's going on? 
that you're living in a world, the world of the Bible is a world that is not well understood. Weather patterns, it's an agricultural society, and water is a life or death issue in a place that where it doesn't always rain in the winter. And, dry, and so people are living kind of on the edge in many ways, and it is terrifying. Illness is not understood. So people being people are going to appeal to, you know, a higher power or other forces in the universe that are going to be helpful. And so people got it in their mind that they would sacrifice to these gods. This is the oldest form of uh, religion. They would share with them something that they valued. And the more they valued it, the more the God would value, the, the spirit that they were sacrificing to would value it. And perhaps they would accede to their request. It's not a very big jump to say, well, what do people value most of all? Their children. And so this, this is how much I love this spirit. It's a, just a horrifying idea. Oh, yeah, no question. And, and hearing you say that, it, it, this is a, maybe a, a tangent, but it's, it occurs to me that you never hear anybody talk about sacrificing their daughters. And, and I guess that's because the son was so much more valuable to those families that then that would be seen as the higher sacrifice. I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure about that. I'm not a I'm not a great expert on on child sacrifice. But my guess is, is that what you're saying probably has merit. I'd have to do a little more research on that. But I have a feeling that daughters were sacrificed as well in this universe. Rather than you know focusing on the day-to-day -day issues of child sacrifice in the Bible, I want to raise this a provocative point. Are we involved in child sacrifice today by the manner in which we raise our children, by telling children early on, early on, what the, what the real world is like and that what matter that that this matters right your grades going into middle school these matter what high school you go to this matters what you get on your sat scores this is going to determine the rest of your life and to the extent that we're also protecting our children from language right i don't want my children to hear that word even though on the, in the outside world, it's used all the time. But in the classroom, I don't want that to happen. If a teacher uses the Nazi salute as part of a lesson plan, is that too much of a trigger? Are we overprotecting our children? Are we sacrificing them by not letting them, letting them go off on their own, make their own play dates, get out there and put their own college applications together. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I would say that we're not only overprotecting them, we're loading up with all of our own ambitions, expecting them to be Nobel Prize winning or at least Nobel candidates at the age of 12. You know, you see kids um, burning out their arms and having Tommy John surgery while they're still in elementary school because the parents are intent on making them big league pitchers. And you see kids starting to study for their SATs when they're still in seventh grade and that sort of thing. Are we sacrificing their childhoods, taking their childhoods away from them uh, because we are so intent on making them these super adults, right? Uh, making sure they're on the fast track to Supreme Court nomination. That's the uh, maybe the modern day form of sacrifice. Let me respond by being the devil's advocate here. You could argue that, okay, that sounds great, but do I really want to put my child at a disadvantage in this world? 
this is the way the world works. I want my child to get into a good college. Well, this is the game you have to play in order to do that. You can take your chips and you can say, you know what, this we're doing it differently, but am I putting my child at risk by not playing the game? Uh, yeah, and I'll argue that you're, you're also putting your child at risk of emotional um, trauma that, you know, your kids are going to be so burdened with anxiety that they're not going to be able to enjoy or even, you know, concentrate on their classes at, at Harvard once you get them in. A lot of people are listening saying, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, exactly. And, I, th and the, I think the Jewish community, by the way, I mean, the Asian community is giving us a run for our money, but we, you know, I think we wrote the textbook on this. Yeah, and there's some benefits to it for sure, right? Like it helped us assimilate. It helped us, um, you know, get a couple of generations of immigrants arrival in this country to get a solid footing. And that's partly where that ambition comes from, where that push comes from. And we've all felt it from our parents. But man, you know, it can definitely go too far. But the question is, are we sacrificing their childhood? Right. I mean, your children, my children all went through that horrific testing to get into high school and felt that pressure about getting into high school and who's getting in, who's not getting in, who's being accepted, who's not being accepted. Pressure that I never felt in my life. Yeah, at, at age 12, right? Like my daughter's a seventh grader right now and she's going through that. She knows she cannot get a B this year or she won't have a chance to get into one of the schools that, that all of her friends are, are shooting for. And this is public school. We're not talking about private schools. We're not talking about college yet. This is seventh grade. Come on. You don't, you know, if she gets a B, uh, it's not the end right. of the world. Well, yeah, except I think she would differ with you. She, Dad, it is the end of the world because I'm cutting off my opportunity to get into this college prep school or whatever it is. Right. And so try to convince her of that. And this is part of the dilemma. It's not just parenting, it's society itself. And I do think we deprive our kids of the social ability to make their own friends to kind of work out their own schedules and become their own people in their own way. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm reading this terrific book called Barbarian Days. It's a memoir of a surfer who basically just traveled the world. Most of his teenage and early adult life dropped out of college, went where he felt like going, just explored the world. And I think that like today that would be considered, uh, like you said earlier, bad parenting at the least and maybe, you know, uh, criminal neglect. I guess the question remains today, what's in our children's best interest? What's in our best interest? What are our fears, right? Kind of, kind of relating to these ancient people, they were responding out of fear to the forces surrounding them. And sometimes that would involve their children. Well, we're not talking about physical abuse here, but we are talking about sacrificing our children's childhoods. And that's a question mark for us especially now coming out of this terrible period of COVID where kids were largely having their childhood stunted, their socialization stunted by this. Not to say that we shouldn't have quarantined and all the rest, but as they come back into the universe and things continue to normalize, how do we help them have relationships? Should we take a pause and say, what did we learn during this period of COVID? If we get a restart here, how do we use it? Yeah, that's a great question. Even within this scary world that we're living, you know, how do we give our kids some more free range to go out and explore the world on their own and to, and to learn things without being, you know, having their hands held quite so much by their parents? 
Okay, Jonathan. Well, thank you. This was an interesting conversation, and I will be calling DCFS to uh, <laughs> talk about your parents. Yeah, and, and I'll be editing my daughter's devar one more time before she lets you see it. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>